everybody and welcome back to the technical area the football manager podcast brought to you by me your host gaffer Gramer, once again it's a second episode for you this week a little bit of a bonus one a little bit of a time done one that i've had long in the works long waiting to be able to uh bring out but i suppose hanging on to match day one of the 2023 league of ireland season it uh, kind of feels right to, to bring this episode in because as you can see very clearly from the top we're doing a special manager and focus episode with this episode focusing on a manager that we suppose in many ways shouldn't really be featuring but a manager who we're featuring just because of what they're going to bring to the game and one I suppose a young manager one that's making mistakes one that's learning to play his trade and I suppose what we can learn as football managers from players from watching a young manager develop to i suppose just kind of seeing i suppose with a new manager is there new ideas anything there that we can really learn and pick up from when we go to look at damien duff in particular so with the young shelburne manager with damien duff upon his appointment i suppose for many people there was an awful lot of shock when the news kind of came out in football manager time and time again whether we're, we realize it or not whether we you know look for it or not it, it, we can kind of get a little bit of enjoyment from seeing various managers pop up at random clubs across the world whether it was ronaldo popping up at burnley messi popping up at stoke or scott parker popping up at anderlecht when damien duff became the manager of shelburne there was, I suppose, a little bit of a football manager kind of a feel to it. But logically speaking, you can kind of see where Duff, you know, came into the management game. The senior manager came from you with, with the club in some ways. So when the former Premier League winning winger decided that it was time to hang up his boots, the time came after a brief stint in the League of Ireland with Shamrock Rovers. So it was what, in, his, in a modern sense, his local club, given where Duff is from in Dublin, and the fact that um, Shamrock Rovers had moved to Tala uh, in the in the time of Duff, during Duff's career, so Duff had kind of you know finishing up at as well as you could say his local club in Ireland, and there's for many there was a kind of that nice kind of feel of seeing a player who's spent all of his career abroad, made his name abroad, made his name internationally, come back and finish his career off back in his homeland, back with his localish enough club, and then you know we we saw Duff then kind of emerge in the coaching game he was involved with uh, the Republic of Ireland's national team briefly when Stephen Kenny uh, became the manager he moved to Celtic spent a little bit of time with Celtic on the coaching staff there and then became a manager of the U teams of Shamrock Rovers when we saw this kind of trajectory of Duff from coaching to managing to assistant managing you know with underage teams with national teams with Celtic there was always that feeling there that Duff's time in the dugout would be a matter of when and not if. But when he was named the manager of Shelburne, beating many experienced League of Ireland names, rumoured to have been in consideration for the job, there was a massive kind of reverberation and shock. Like To see Shelburne mentioned on Sky Sports News, we see Shelburne mentioned... Like in, in, in British media and on Twitter, on you know other forms of social media, to see Shelbourne 
mentioned in those ways for the first time in a long time. There was kind of this, like Janie Mack, like this is actually, a, it could be a big day for the club, a big starting point. Because the thing with Duff was, Duff had no senior management experience when he took this job. And to be experienced managers, you're kind of saying, well, is it Duff the person looking to the club, looking to build off the back of Duff's name? Or is there something with Damien Duff as a coach, something with Damien Duff as a manager, as, you know, this this footballing person? Because we've seen him being a pundit on the television here a lot in Ireland with, with uh, RT, the national broadcaster. He was brought. He was a pundit even during the World Cup, despite being the manager of Shelburne. So to see Duff, you know, hear his ideas, to to listen to him, he is a thinker about the game. So seeing him bring this into coaching was always going to be an area of interest, and especially when he replaced uh, the Shelburne manager Ian Morris. This, I suppose, again was a bigger shock again. Duff was named Shelburne manager in late twenty twenty one. With the calendar league season in Ireland in 2021, Shelburne had just won the first division and immediate promotion back to the Irish Premier Division ahead of the 2022 season. Ian Morris's three seasons in charge of Shelburne had been a league, uh, first division win in his first season in 2019, relegation in 2020, the, the COVID season really, you know, affecting Shelburne because once that pause came in, Shelburne just never came back from the break. So then to see him take Shelburne, remodel the squad for the 2021 season and win the league, looking towards the Premier Division, you're again, you're hopeful for Ian Morris that things were going to go well. And then when Duff took over, it was a massive shock, you know, for many people to see not only Ian Morris lose his job, but to be replaced by a massive name like um, Damien Duff. So like I said, with Duff coming in to a newly promoted team, it's a big, big challenge. There's a very good squad there that's obviously good enough to win the first division. A good enough squad there that has aspirations of becoming a first division squad. So for Duff, when you take over, when you come in, how's, how are you going to make your stamp? Well, I suppose for many people, the first thing you're going to think about Damien Duff is, right, what's the playing philosophy going to be? And of course, Damien Duff was this flying, fantastic winger. You know, a real standard performer for Blackburn before he got that massive move in the Abramovich era to Chelsea. You know, he excelled for Ireland at the international stage. And then, of course, his career kind of finished off with moves to uh, Newcastle, then on to um, Fulham. And then we saw him like that make the move eventually back to Shamrock Rovers. So to think of this flying winger, you can say, right, we have a great idea of how Duff's going to play. Well, the thing about Duff is... He's an exciting winger who plays without wingers. Shelburne's teams are based on wingbacks in a 3-4, kind of 2-1, 5-3-2 system. And then again, this age, all the argument of how you define a three at the back system is a three or is a five. And when you are promoted to this to a top division, safety has to be the prerogative, especially with a club like Shelburne, a massive club in Ireland, to not be in the top division for so many years following the, the, the heady days of the early noughties, you know, where, you know, you were playing Deportivo La Coruña in the Champions League playoff and the winner was in the group stage. To then be like that scrapping to stay in the first division, you have to start building from some sense. You have to build a stability, build a solid base in the first division. 
actually in the Premier Division, and that's what Duff has kind of done. Shelburne's team tend to play with a deep, passive low block with a possession-based build-up play. So not often quick in the transition in that first season, the attack. What we see with Shelburne is this real, you know, hard-to-beat, real tough team to grind down, with real kind of grit in it. There's a low line of engagement in and around kind of the halfway line. And then what we see is a team that's built to conserve energy. We are playing in a, I suppose some may say, a semi-professional, professional division. Some teams like that would, may have semi-professional players. Shamrock Rovers and Derry at the top would certainly be fully professional. And Shelbourne certainly moving that way as well to being fully professional, if not already, in essence. But, you know, when you have this kind of makeup of team, you have to be looking at ways, I suppose, to conserve energy. Because you can't be high-pressing. You are not an elite team. You can't be high-pressing, full of energy all the way through. So with this deep passive low block, with this low line of engagement, it's a team that's built to conserve energy. Now the thing with Shelburne's low block is it's zonal. The team plays with compact lines vertically and horizontally and will only look to press the ball inside of the block. In terms of the you know, passes per defensive action, Shelburne tend to allow 8.97. So, you know, not a bad number, but like that, allowing the te- other team to possess the ball and then squeeze them in between the lines of the block. That's where things happen. And I suppose having it... You know, the tree in the middle of the fence with tree in the middle of midfield in front. You've got six kind of players occupying the central areas. And if you, like me, are managing a team that's going to be in a, in a, a new division in your next season, or you're already managing a team who kind of that could be inferior to other teams, this is kind of a nice way of looking, pressing inside of the block. Inverted wingers, kind of slightly wider. You know, we'll to press the fullbacks in as well, because again with this Shelburne system, you know that that tree across the middle, although like it it can be really quite narrow, but although there may be like wide midfielders, they are quite narrow in in a lot of spaces. But what they will do in some areas is like that they will kind of stay a little bit slightly wider to press opposition fullbacks if and when needed. The tree tight then a narrow defensive cent- sorry, central defenders. Their sole objective is to defend the width of the 18-yard box. And if you watch how Shelburne play, whether it's even from the back when in possession or you know from the front when out of possession, those players will not drift outside of the corners of the 18-yard box. Going to see them in the flesh, watching them each week on the telly when I can, you really do see that really strong core occupying the center of the of the pitch you know real you know old school in some ways but when you see them in possession it's a real fluid way to move out of the back and when they do kind of move out from the back they are low risk passes because with low risk passes there is a quick recovery rate if and when needed now unfortunately for shelburne there's a lot of space exposed because the wing backs then are the only source of width for the team and when they need to drop deep and receive the ball, there's less wide attacking players, which means that the team are slower to move up in possession. Now, the thing is, this has not been always a cause of issue, a source of issue for Shelburne. But when they are slow to progress the ball up through because the wing backs are the only width for the team, 
They're the only players you'll see kind of between the edge of the 18-yard box and the touchline. Often for the team, things are quite challenging, moving the ball up. And that showed last year. When you look at Shelburne's results from the 2022 season, we weren't a high-scoring team. And then when it got to the cup final, which takes place at the much larger pitch at the Aviva Stadium, you know, Derry City were able to pick us apart absolutely no problem at all because the space has opened up. And the space has opened up because of the larger pitch. So this kind of approach that Shelburne play is ideal to the League of Ireland way. These all stadiums, these small pitches, you really see a team that is compact, but like that, out wide, there's an awful lot of space. And when the pitch is bigger, when the spaces are larger, it becomes an awful lot more challenging for the Shelburne team to play. So in a football manager sense, what are we kind of looking for here? Well, I suppose what we tend to see, and something I've tried to address with my own team, because I play three at the back myself, I suppose looking at players like a wide centre-back, a Mazala in midfield maybe. You know, players who will you know move into the half spaces. Because at the end of the day, if you have a player then moving into the half space, what you've done is you're giving your team the opportunity to progress the ball a little bit quicker and players who are a little bit better in transition. And I suppose many people may fault League of Ireland players for not being technically good. The pitches can often be a letdown, which prevents good technical football being played. But still, what we need to learn from something that Duff was doing, and hopefully from what we'll see from the Shelburne team that plays tonight against Strada and onwards, is we'll see a team that plays like that a little bit better in transition moving forward. A team that can be tight and narrow and compact. A team that maybe like that will have low risk passes from the back, safe, sensible passes out of the back. A team that, you know, keeps that defensive grit but not to the detriment of the, how the team progresses and moves forward. Because the thing with the League of Ireland is, and as well as the team with many other, you know, lower league man, lower league saves that many of us manage, if you've got the striker who scores goals, you're going to do really well. And if, you've got, and if you can play to their strengths, you are going to do even better. And the thing like that with children is because your wing, the wing-backs have to drop deep and it becomes almost a 5-3-2 rather than a, Three four two one three five two whatever way you want to look at it there is because there's less wide attacking players because there's less players further forward because ball progression is slower Shelburne have the worst passing rate into the final third of any team per ninety the play in the final third was you know quite poor last season there was poor technical quality there was a consistent lack of clinical forward play. And any team in the League of Ireland, like I said, with a clinical striker, could turn into a top European-placed team rather than a mid-table team with inconsistent goal patterns. So I suppose if you are managing in a lower league, if you are managing a team with an inferior technical ability compared to the rest of your team, if you're looking to play this kind of gritty, hard-to-break-down football, look at your players and see, look at your forwards and see, right, is are we a team who has a good goal scoring forward have we got the potential to play you know to his strengths or it's a forward that there i can bring in who'll score me goals because if you've got that sonny your this gritty team can be transformed an awful lot better
Like Shelburne's possession stats last season were the third best in the League of Ireland. But in the final third, they were the worst team with the passes in the final third. So a team that's great in its own third, a team that's great in the middle third of the pitch with passing, it's fantastic. But without this sharp forward line, without a bit of a bite up front, you are going to struggle. And that's what happened with Shelburne last season. They lost matches they shouldn't have. They drew matches they shouldn't have. They finished, was it seventh? When you know there was a chance to potentially finish third or fourth with decent finishing. So when we look at Duff this season, we're that's what the measuring stick what we're gonna look at measure him by. How has this team stepped forward from this gritty, hard to break down team to what is the next step? Because even when you look across a gritty hard to break down teams in the Premier League era, Stoke, Burnley, they could score goals. Set pieces weren't the only way. They had acquired strikers they acquired forwards who turned them into goal scoring teams who were a goal scoring threat in transition and now we're going to look at Duff and see are Liverpool going to become that or sorry are Shelburne going to become that team because when your main attacking threat is a centre midfielder running behind a direct ball to the forward question marks will be asked because there's a lot of pressure being put on your centre midfielders then to get forward because if you can target spaces, you know, in fairness to Duff, there was some bit of thinking involved in the attack and play. Because what happened would be, because the wing-backs would be deeper, opposition players would push up on the wing-backs. And what Shelburne would look to do was go direct to the forward, centre midfielder would be running behind, and trying to target spaces that, you know, the wing-back that the opposition fullback, the opposition wingback would be vacating in order to press the Shelburne wingback, the Shelburne fullback. So there was a bit of thinking there to attack those wider spaces. However, you know, the compact lines behind the direct ball to the centre forward, the attacking flick-ons, when you are playing for second balls in this way, you need to make sure that there is the quality there to follow through. And while Duff built a very good young squad last year, acquired some fantastic names throughout the season, Shelburne lacked that bite. So while his playing philosophy is still being developed, and it's something that we as football manager players, we look today, especially with the AI becoming adaptive now, the managers figuring things out, you have to be able to figure out how to take the next step with your team. And for Duff, it's very obvious when you look at the statistics. A team that's at the third best passing rate in the league. But the worst passing rate in the final third per 90. Where your main attacking threat is attacking flick-ons into spaces where opposition players have left to look to your only wide players. Question marks will be asked of how you can address that issue. And I suppose for many people, we saw Stoke struggle under Tony Pulis when they... Be- began to try and evolve into a bit more of a technical team. We saw Burnley get relegated last season for something similar, becoming a little bit more technical and less gritty. And that is the risk that will exist. So for managers who are looking to change that style, managers who are looking to take their next step, watching Damien Duff across this 2023 season, it's going to be a great lesson for us football manager players to learn on how we can take a next step and evolve our squad. How we can take the next step with a promote, newly promoted side. How we can take the next step with a side that is gritty already. 
a team that likes defensive football. And that will start tonight. We'll see against Trotter tonight. We'll see over the next couple of weeks how Duff progresses his Shelburne team. And it was something that I did ask many uh, weeks ago. Now back on a, an, an old pole with the technical area. I, you know, doing the research, looking up Duff's team, you're going to ask the question, you know, are you are the manager of a newly promoted team. You know, what is you're going to be the style of football you're going to play? And to be fair, you know, 154 people got involved in the vote. 154 people is a massive amount. I think it was the biggest poll I've ever done. And only 12.3% of people said they would look to play a defence first system. 40.3% 40.3% of people who voted said they're going to play a possession-based approach. And 47.4% of people said they're going to play in a counter-attacking way. And what we've seen with Shelbourne is, you know, elements of all those with no real stand-out feature. Shelbourne's approach was quite defensive because the idea was to be gritty and not to lose matches. Like we said, they're the third best team in possession. 40.3% of people said they'd go that way. And like that 47.4% said they're counter-attacking. And Shelburne just were not effective enough counter-attacking last season to say that they were a counter-attacking team. They were a team that was, because of a counter-attacking style, tends to focus so heavily on transitions. Shelburne's transitions were the weakest element of their play because it hindered them in possession in the final third. You know, it wasn't a standout team. And with Duff like that, we're going to see this season how a manager takes that next step. And that's going to be great to watch. Because it's something, myself now at Arendelle, I'm struggling to think of. Do I keep my same approach, this open attacking style which dominated the league we were in? Or do I go into this new league a little bit more apprehensive, a bit more pragmatic, a little bit more practical and say, look, maybe my libero becomes a ball-playing defender. On a cover duty or a stopper duty. My wide centre back on attack becomes a wide centre back on defend. You know, I've rec- looking to recruit. I've I've got to speak about that again a bit more. I, but I know I spoke about it last week on the last episode. I looked to went into the league, the league stats of the division I was in. I scouted the best players in every area. Any player I could bring across, I've tried. I've really tried to do it, and I was kind of a little bit irrespective of age, looking at some of those sightings. But to take this next step, what we have in Duff is we've a young rookie manager going into a second season of you know, first team football management, looking at evolving the style, changing the style, and that's something really exciting we're going to see now. I want to, I suppose we can start to think about how it's going to happen with the recruitment philosophy. Because when Duff took over, you know, one of the things of people saying, look, you can't or can win anything with kids, that was really brought into question. Because Duff's first window as Shelburne manager, he gutted the existing squad. 
players who'd won that first division were let go. Players who you'd look to kind of build going into this next season, they were gone. And instead, exciting young talent was targeted by Duff. So already we get this, again, idea of Duff's recruitment philosophy of a squad, what way he's going to be. He's going to take a young squad, an impressionable squad, and he's going to mould them. Now the thing is, it's not unusual for the, in the League of Ireland, because a lot of players might be only on one-year contracts, for mass overhaul to, to take place between seasons. But the way Duff approached was really intriguing. Many of the players he signed were players who had um, fallen away from English academies. Player, young Irish players who had moved over to England at 15, 16, and just for whatever reason, just hadn't been able to make the next step. They looked the likes of Cameron Ledwich and Aaron O'Driscoll last season as great examples of those players. Again, number of players, again, but Duff, you know, haven't spent a lot of time with the uh, under-16s, the Shamrock Rovers, you know, getting the idea of him being a youth coach. A number of young, homegrown players also got the chance to make their Shelburne debuts. Some have moved on since. Some are still a part of the squad. But again, we're getting an idea now of what Duff is about. He's about this young players moulding them into the shape and the style he wants to play and then giving them the opportunities to play at the top level. And now as we approach the start of Duff's second season, we're looking at a squad that, again, that's a little bit more settled, where a small number of changes have been made. Some, like I said already, some of the younger names have left. Some experienced players have left too. The squad has not stood still, and changes are being made right up to tonight's opener. And again, not the only team in the League of Ireland taking this approach. So... Bohemian signing again, another young player on loan from, um, I can't remember, it was Fleetwood Town on loan yesterday. Dundalk, where I live now, they've had a kind of good, um, you know, recruitment from Wales, even so far as I think it was BBC Wales last year, ran a little bit of a, a documentary, a little bit of a segment last year on the little those few Welsh players who've moved across to Dundalk. And so as with Shamrock Rovers, the less said there, the better with the, with the money that club has. But still, what we're looking at here now is Duff making slow, subtle changes, addressing issues that have popped up. Like what a sad one, I suppose, for me. We're looking at seeing uh, Brendan Clarkleaf, thirty-seven-year-old goalkeeper, being a real, you know, stalwart in the League of Ireland for many years. And again, now we're looking at a new, younger goalkeeper. Changes been made. But I suppose with Duff, again, it's trying to make the squad move in the right direction. And you have to trust the manager there as a supporter. But then as someone like that looking in at the League of Ireland, the way we're trying to look here, you know, these are always going to be question marks. Clarkey was fantastic last year. So to move on from a 37-year-old experienced goalkeeper, it's going to be very, very interesting to see the direction Shelburne go now with the new goalkeeper, how things fare out. Because again, a manager could be blamed for making such a big call. And the thing is with the League of Ireland, it can be unforgiving. But again, there is a sense of optimism amongst fans especially of the club about Duff and Shelbourne ahead of this new season. Because I think Europe might be a pipe dream still for this side, for this club. And this season could be one where making the right steps forward can happen. But with the League of Ireland, with its unforgiving nature, and with, again, a young rookie manager who's full of great ideas, who probably has a project and knows how he's going to transition from season one to, say, season five, Duff needs to, again, make sure with season two 
Shelburne's primary objective is to build positively and optimistically from a point where they've ensured safety. Like I said, Duff will need to take more risks. Duff's style will need to become a little bit more potent in the final third. Shelburne need to take steps in the final third. Goals need to start flowing in because goals win games. Granted, a defence will win you championship, to quote that old phrase. But goals win games. And that is an area where Shelburne have struggled and they need to address. Now, again, you may be thinking and wondering, why have you focused on Damien Duff? Why have you not focused on, you know, someone like Roberto or De Zerbi for a manager to focus, for Christian Strike? So as we could look at Union Berlin, what's going on there. We could look at Longs as another great example of a club where we need to... Why have you looked at Damien Duff and why is there a little bit of bias? Well, I suppose for many, there is that thing with Damien Duff of a bit of intrigue. He was this great player in England. Is he going to make the same impression in Ireland as a manager? And will that lead to a career in management in the UK or further afield? Again, with the League of Ireland, it doesn't tend to get an awful lot of publicity even within Ireland. So again, to raise a little bit of a profile, use this podcast here to do it. And I suppose when it's my club, Shelburne, that he manages, you know, again, there's a little bit of bias here on my part that you'd have to forgive me for indulging in. But even aside from that, when I look at Shelburne, when I look at Damien Duff, I think the reason, I've another reason why I really wanted to focus on him for this episode is, He's a manager who hasn't succeeded. But in his first season, he kept Shelburne safe and he led the club to a first cup final in 10 years. He's a pragmatic manager. He's built a team with a solid base that plays with three tight centre-backs and two wing-backs that can be often seen as full-backs. You know, playing in that flat five of a line rather than the three with two kind of diagonal either side in that space between the midfield and the fence. But it's a pragmatic side style that has worked for him and worked for the club in that first season. He played it safe and it worked. And I suppose the thing about Duff as well is he's made mistakes, but he's learning. And a football manager, many of us can be afraid to make mistakes. And we may not know where to look to learn. We may not know how to learn. So watching Damien Duff and Shelburne in season two of this era will be a great learning curve, not just for him, but for all of us watching, to see how a young manager continues to take steps forward. How a young manager continues to find a new way and find their way. And I suppose with all the, a lot of attention on Will still over in France with Ram, we can really be excited there and see another young, great example of a young manager finding their way. And I think still, again, he's going to get so much attention, and rightly so. I think I've seen even seen he's going to be on the coach's voice soon enough. And it's great to be looking at these young managers because they have these new ideas, but they're figuring things out. And I think for us as, we're, for us as fans, for us as football manager players, we're living in an era where patience, you know, isn't, a characteristic and a quality of many football clubs, you know, and an ability for young managers to learn isn't always there at the top level, especially. And while Duff's level with Shelburne and Will Steele's level with Ram 
are two completely different levels, completely different tiers. We're still looking at managers at the top in nation divisions in their respective nations. Where they're managing, what their clubs are, learning and seeing how to move forward. And for all of us, I think, as football fans, that's a great place to be. But look, three points for Shelburne tonight, and I'll be happy. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but look, no, seriously, thank you very much for listening, for indulging me on this little bit of a, you know, personal episode. Um, I hope you enjoy the weekend. If you can, keep an eye on the, the League of Ireland's Twitter feed. You might you might see some goals or everything like that. Friday night football as well. And who doesn't love a bit, a bit of Friday night football as well? Uh, I'll keep you up to date with Duff through the year. Um, it's, it's, it's great as well. But, you know, hopefully a long summer break ahead of us that the League of Ireland kind of playing through the summer. Keeps the football kind of going there as well. So I can keep you kind of updated there as well. There's great YouTube content out there for many people who've you know taken the chance to come over to Ireland. Um, so again, if you if you do want to keep a little bit of a closer eye on the League of Ireland than you have done in the past, I certainly would encourage you to do so. Um, the giveaway I have figured out the prize. Um, there we go. There, just seeing it pop up here now. A notification saying that Stad the Ream head coach will still in real life twenty minutes ago up on the coach's voice. It's a 14-minute video, so I guess many of us will be watching that. But um, Look, uh, I'll be talking to you a little bit more, keep an eye on the social media for that, um, just exactly uh, how it's going to uh, to look. Um, but yeah, thanks again for listening. Stay safe, enjoy the weekend's football, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. Bye now. Thank you.